0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a
1: podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rooted Deep with Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. And I, we have a special guest today, and I'm really excited about this. It's our first interview that we're going to be doing um, during these podcasts. And you know that that's one of the things that we've been talking about, wanting to interview different people and uh, how they, they are rooted deep in their in their life and ministry. And so today, our special guest is Faith Doucet. And I have known Faith for a couple of years now uh, here in the Dominican Republic. And so we're going to start off just asking her about, uh her life and testimony and ministry and I'm just really uh excited to welcome her to the podcast.
1: Yeah, so much fun. Faith, welcome.
2: Well thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, so
1: I got to stay with you, Faith, for a, a week and a few days or whatever. So uh so I got to know you that way and that was so much fun. Uh, but you're you're not a Dominican girl. You're a Kenyan girl. I so- am So talk a little bit about growing up in Kenya and what you experienced there and and how that maybe is impacting you today.
0: Yes. So I grew up in rural Kenya and, um, I had a great childhood at least I think I did. We didn't have a lot in way of money or material things, but we were content and we were happy and, uh, By the age of 10, I was milking cows in the morning at 5.30 before going to school, (laughs) doing chores at the school, collecting firewood and fetching water, carrying it on my back for two miles. And we grazed cows and goats. um, And like everybody else in our community, we didn't have shoes. We went to school bare feet, and when it rained, we got soaked to yeah. the phone <laughs> <laughs> without raincoats or jackets or rain boots and somebody listening to this may ask, well, what was so great about that? But not having uh, material things gave us the opportunity to be creative, to be innovative and resourceful and mm. we may do with what we had. We learned to share and we learned to Repurpose things. Nothing had a single use. But um, yeah, so I don't wish that I was born in Wales, or I don't wish we had more than we did. Uh, but as a child, I, I was a very curious child. I always wondered about so many things. And I remember, you know, when I used to graze cows and goats, I would look up in the sky and see little airplanes and wonder, what does it feel like? What is it like to be in an airplane? Are Mm. people standing up? Are they sitting down? Are they holding on to a rope? I was (laughs) curious. I wanted to know. And I remember in one of those instances when I was in sixth grade thinking, one day I'm going to fly in an airplane. Mm. And then when I was in eighth grade, we took a trip to the Nairobi agricultural show and the road to the city passes the, the main airport. And I looked out the window and I saw this majestic giant airplane sitting on the tarmac and that cemented my desire to mm. want an airplane at one time. And we passed through the city and I saw tall buildings for the first time. And I thought, So not everybody is poor, not everybody lives in a village. How do people get in these tall buildings? How do they get all the way up? I never, I didn't know anything about elevators. So that opened my eyes and I realized, so there is more to what I'm used to or what I was growing up with. And I went home that night knowing, there is something else out there not that I was going to do everything to get out of the village. Hmm. So yeah, it was wild and crazy childhood, but it was fun. We had fun and we were happy and content.
2: So wow. you really did live the story of I walked two miles barefoot to school and you know what our what our parents always tell us when we're complaining about something. And you and I, I, I love that you just took it as something that you were grateful for for that. And you see the positive in in living uh, in a rural community and just um, being creative and uh, sharing. I love that you 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 pointed that out that you just shared with everybody else and repurposed. That's that's very important in education. I think.
0: Yes, it is. There's so many things I would not have learned, and I not been exposed to uh, the life that I had growing up, and some of the things we take for granted. And when we were growing up, making our own toys, you are responsible for your own fun. Nobody brought you toys, so if you wanted to play with that toy, you made it. You made your own decision. And if the toy you had, you didn't like it. And then you made another one. (laughs) So so we were very creative. And we learned a lot from not having so
1: much. Well, I think those people who are listening, including me right now, are just dying to know for just a second, indulge us on what it was like to crawl on your first airplane. Well,
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know, I kept the dream alive, that dream that I had when I was in sixth grade, that one day I would get in an airplane. And it was more than I expected because it just so happened that the, the, my first flight that they, you know, like they do, they oversold, you know, it the, the, <laughs> was oversold. And so when it was time to ball, they kept asking me to wait and wait. And then they told me, well, the, the, it's oversold. And I was like, no, I have to be in Nairobi tomorrow. <laughs> I have an appointment with the U.S. Embassy. I have to go. And so they gave me a seat in first class. <laughs> oh, <laughs> My wow. My <laughs> first experience in an airplane was in a, in a first class seat. So it was more than I expected, more than I would have <laughs>
1: <laughs> No ropes in first class. Right? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Faith, I know that you work, um, in the work that you do now, you work a lot with women and girls. And we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes here. Um, in Kenya to try to help them overcome the the challenges that they face. but I know that your early childhood had to impact some of that. Um, so you know what were the what were the things early in your life that and you've kind of been around the world so you've been on a lot of airplanes since then but yeah. like the journey that God has led you on you know how how did how did some of those things affect you to really be pouring in to spend your life pouring back into those to the girls? Uh, and the women uh, from Africa?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned, we grew up poor. We didn't have a lot in way of things and money and things, simple things that we take for granted, like having sanitary pads. Those are not things that we had access to growing up, and girls were disabled by their period. So imagine missing school five, I mean, five days or a week, out of a month, and you're always, you know, out of school once a week, every month. So stuff like that made me wonder, you know, what can be done, and, you know, there has to be a better way to manage this mess, and motivated me. Poverty motivates you to do things, so um, having no access to those things motivated me to want to do better for community where I grew up and to work with women because in the rural communities is uh, what I'm going to call a basic breakdown of due to inaccessibility to things and information and so that has led me to want to be a voice and to empower them and in you know trying to mitigate some of these problems that Women and girls facing in rural communities.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really great. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord.
0: Well, <laughs> I grew up in a Christian home. My grandmother, who knew not how to read or write, came to know the Lord through missionaries. So she brought up her kids, you know, in a Christian home, and I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church, I went to Sunday school like everybody else. But it wasn't until my sophomore year in high school that I gave my life to the Lord. And unfortunately, I took some detours. I did my own things. And, um, and as Zach Williams would sing, there was Jesus. Jesus was always there, drawing me back to himself. And so in 2008, I rededicated my life to the Lord and haven't looked back ever since.
1: That's exciting. <laughs> I know that Allie and I both grew up in Christian homes um, and, you know, we have somewhat of the same testimony of, you know, there's times in our life where we've veered away and we've come back and uh, we've wrestled through things, uh, you, know, you know, in our upg- uh, upbringing, but now we're sitting here as three women involved, deeply involved in women's ministry, which is a pretty exciting yeah. thing.
2: yeah. That is exciting. I wanted to ask you, um, because when you, it's a long way from Kenya to the Dominican Republic and it's not, it's not a straight line. Um, and so tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of the weaving of, and, and like you said, there was always Jesus just kind of guiding you, um, in that path. And so I would love to hear about that, how you got here from Kenya.
0: Yeah, so um, I mentioned when I went uh, on that field trip to Nairobi for the first time and seeing the city and thinking, you know, there there has to be more out there, and that created a desire to want to get out of poverty, and to me, getting out of poverty seemed like going out of country was, you know, the logical thing, so... I went from Kenya to the States uh, to join what was then part of my family. And then uh, I I wasn't involved in ministry until sometime in 2009. But yeah, just the pursuit of something better, just wanting more of myself, led me from Kenya to the States. And there we are in the DR
2: that's that's interesting and i think that um we can take it's not wrong to say i wanted more you don't um it's not wrong to look at it to hear your story and 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 say no i i saw an airplane or i i saw a big building and and i was curious about more that's a story that we've heard um with from women and children um throughout our ministries I, you know and it's definitely not um, and, and the Lord used, obviously the Lord used that in, in your life to, to, to continue to move you, um, for his glory. And, uh, and I think that's really exciting.
1: Yeah. And now you're an educator, which is a really cool thing. So, uh, you are currently teaching, uh, there in the Dominican and that's what you've been doing. So tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, um, uh... It's interesting how this happened. I just uh, completed my assignment in Guatemala, and I was in a season of waiting on what was next and what the Lord would have me do next. And then a friend invited me to come down to the Dominican Republic to co-teach with her while I wait for the next step, while I wait to hear from the Lord unbeknownst to me, this is where the Lord wanted me. So while I was here, uh, an opportunity became available and it happened that they needed um, a second grade teacher, but I don't have a teaching background. So I said, "Uh, "What? not me, not me. And I just, and my friend jokingly said, you're going to be the second grade teacher and said, no you're kidding. No, that's not me. That's not what the Lord has asked me to do. So I remember one day walking to Jumbo, which is our local store, one of our local stores here, and just the Lord convicting me and said, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. (laughs) And I went back home and said, but Lord, why would you want me to teach? And he just gave me peace about it that he teach me or he wanted me to do was to show up and that he was going to equip me. And that's an important lesson. Sometimes the Lord asks us to do things that seem impossible, but he will always equip us to do those things if we are open and if we allow him to work through us.
1: That's cool. That's really cool. But now here's what I know. After staying with you for a little while, Faith, I found out that you have a passion for languages. <laughs> and I was blown away, uh, because I, I, I Ali knows. Okay. So I've been trying to learn Spanish, like for, it seems like for a decade and I'm still not past the general greetings and where's the bathroom. So, um, and I know how to ask for ice in my drink, but outside of that, um, I struggle with learning languages. Uh, but man, when I was talking to you, I mean, Faith, how many languages do you know, and what, what is the one you're working on right now? Because I know there's one you're trying to learn right now. So talk to us about your love for language, and what are some of the ones that you, uh, you know?
0: Well, compared to my siblings, not nearly enough. Um, well, you have to know that Kenya has 42 tribes, and each tribe has its own language. So when you're born, you speak your mother tongue. And then we have Swahili, which is the national language. And then we have English. We were colonized by the British, so we speak British English. So by the time you're six years old or 10 years old, you already speak 10 languages. And, then, and most of the Kenyans are polyglots. <laughs> so, but I've always had an interest. I've always been fascinated by languages and, It comes out of the desire to understand people and to know, to be able to communicate, just the desire to communicate with people. And uh, when the Lord called me to full-time missions, the only word that came to my spirit was Spanish. And I remember thinking, Spanish? And I continued to pray. You know, I'm praying and I'm expecting the Lord to say, okay. You're going to go on full-time missions with this organization or that organization. And Spanish just got louder and louder in my spirit, and I'm wondering, what am I supposed to do with this? Am I supposed to go to school to learn Spanish? What am I to do with it? And that's how I ended up learning Spanish, because the Lord asked me to And because to me I was going to be serving in the Spanish world. And so learning Spanish, you know came out of that and then from working uh, in the hospitality industry in Kenya I picked up Italian and German and I've lost most of it however I'm working on my Italian now I hope my German comes back and French seems to elude me <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> French has eluded me. All
1: right so so really, a lot of languages now, and I know Allie's really good at languages. It seems like everywhere we go, Allie's able to pick up something pretty quick, and she's able to us uh, to, to interpret for the rest of us. So: um, I do
2: try. yes. I do try, and French is my next one that I'm trying to learn. so you know. yeah know.
1: So I'm just going to continue to speak Southern English and make sure I'm with <laughs> one of you guys, no matter where I go. So it's <laughs> pretty <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh well, Faith, tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about right now. What is God putting in your heart right now and tell us a little bit about what the future holds for you. Can you hear me, Faith? Yes, I can hear you. There we go. Okay. Uh I didn't know if you heard my question, but just tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about, what God's putting in your heart right now.
0: Uh, I'm passionate about making a difference in other people's lives and um, it's something that has been with me for a long time and I think that if we can empower other people to live to their fullest potential then that makes a difference in the world. I don't know I mean I don't see the benefit of just one person being successful, but if you can empower the other people to be successful in whatever they are doing and success is going to mean different things to different people, but if mm-hmm. you can empower them and make a difference in their lives, then it's, 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 worth it. And that's what I'm passionate
1: about. That's awesome. Um, and that kind of, again, uh, we have, I think we have so much in common because, uh, Allie and I both are passionate about those, those same things as we work with women and seeing them to be able to be successful and uh, to take those next steps forward. So you're actually, though, headed back to Kenya, Faith. I am, yes. So talk to us about what that looks like. Uh, you're headed, tell us, what, why are you headed back to Kenya?
0: So I have been involved with uh, an, an organization called Kenya Connect since 2013 for the last seven years. And Kenya Connect supports rural education. We empower teachers and students to succeed in the 21st century through various sustainable programs. We have Health programs that include uh, installing water uh, water tanks in school, hand washing stations, health and hygiene workshops, reusable sanitary pads, the warming program. We have been installing composting toilets, and our current project or our latest project is planting moringa trees because of its uh, nutritional value in different schools. And uh, in addition to that, we have educational programs. We have technology classes that are offered at our Learning Resource Center. We have professional teacher development workshops. We have range-to-own solar light programs because most homes in the rural communities don't have electricity. So these students have no way of doing their homework. And these solar lights are helping them to accomplish that. And then we have a library program. And our library is the only library within 100 kilometers. And because some of the students um, live like three hours away from our uh, project site, we have a mobile library that goes to the schools. And the students that participate in this program have library cards like you would in the States. So they check out books and then following week, they return those and check out more books. How cool. Yeah, and uh, we also have pinball programs and peace clubs through the U.S. Embassy. And I I know it sounds like a lot of programs, but all those programs are designed to address the issue of barriers to education that exist in rural communities, In Kenya, or where we are, and all those programs are designed, or you know, are designed around the needs on the ground. So we are just this small organization trying to make an impact, and as I mentioned, to empower students and teachers to succeed in the 21st century and to break the barriers in education or to education that exists. So yeah, then that's going to be. The next step um, and that's what I'm going to be involved.
2: It sounds exciting. I think a lot of people when they hear education they don't automatically think they automatically think maybe laptops in the classroom or um, mm-hmm. or you know these big technological microscopes and labs and everything and I think a lot of people tend to forget. The basic needs of a child when they go to school to keep as much distraction. Are they able to wash their hands? Are they able to relieve themselves in a, in a toilet? Are they able to? And, and that can be such a huge distraction to a child not being able to, a, a, a young girl or a young boy not being able to, to get the education that they need because of some basic necessities. But you seem like you've got the, you've got the gamut covered everywhere from a, a compost toilet, which I think is a fascinating idea, to technology. And everything in between and and some of the things that we take for granted. And um, if somebody wanted to know more about Kenya Connect, how would they be able to to sponsor? Is it sponsored by supporters or or kind of give us some information about how they can learn more about Kenya Connect?
0: Yes, so they can go to KenyaConnect.org. And you know there are various ways to get involved by donating or supporting a child through uh, mm-hmm. the school fund to go to school. And in the states, we have uh, we do different activities to raise support as well as you know um uh, what am I calling? We do a run, a, a race every mm-hmm. year sure. that people yeah. participate. Uh, Virtually or or in person. So they can go to KenyaConnect.org.
2: That's very that's fascinating. Um, but you I think it was last year you just traveled to Uganda, right? Um Mm -hmm. and I would love to hear about that trip because uh you and I were talking about the trip beforehand and Uganda as close as it is to Kenya, you hadn't been there before, and so you were excited about that trip. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so uh, one of our uh, one of our
0: sponsors, uh, we went through an exchange program. We went to visit an organization that had come to visit our project site, and I call it a cross-cultural program. So they came to our project site and learned what we do there, and then we went to their project site to learn and to borrow the ideas that they have, and that's how that trip came about, to do a cross-cultural exchange.
2: Good, good. So you've been in Guatemala, as you mentioned briefly, you've been here in the Dominican Republic. What are some differences? I know we all think, um, you know, we all think a missions trip looks the same everywhere, but we know it doesn't, because Reba and I have traveled to different countries, and and things are so um, just unique to the culture. What are some cultural things about Latin America or the Caribbean that, um, that would be just completely different from, from what we see in, in Kenya? Yeah, like you said, you know,
0: there will always be cultural differences in every community, and, uh, but there are also similarities. Uh, Dominicans are very social people and friendly, just like the people in Kenya, but uh, there are differences as well. And uh, I mean, I haven't lived anywhere in the Dominican Republic, and if I can say that we're in an urban setting, but from uh, the perspective of most of the people or most of the places that we go to when we go to Kenya is in the rural communities, they are very relationship oriented. And, you know, you know about your neighbor, you, the door is open all the time, you walk in, you don't have to have a prior appointment or to call to say that you're coming. And so that's one of those differences that I can think of between, you know, Latin America, Kenya, and the Dominican Republic.
1: That's cool. Well, Faith, let me ask you this. I know that, you, you know, you're kind of giving your life to serve. Um, the girls and 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 not just the girls but also I know that you have a vital lean into the boys as well as is the the hopefulness of educating them but what do you what is your hope when you think about the girls and the women of Kenya um, the girls that are growing up now um, what is your what is your prayer and what is your hope for those girls of Kenya as as you go back to serve them
0: My hope is that they can live to their fullest potential. For the girls that live in these rural communities, they don't know the opportunities that exist in the urban areas due to lack of accessibility to information. And so my hope for them would be, you know, to bridge that gap and that those opportunities would be become available to them. And sometimes they are not aware of what opportunities exist and they are not aware of what they are best suited for. And so by empowering them and pointing them towards the right direction and bridging the gap and filling some of those institutional voids that exist, is my hope that they would then live
1: To their fullest potential. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And of course, we're, you know, we're always excited for, to be able to support you and to be able to support um, the women and the girls that you serve, uh, because we know it's so important. Um, I've said oftentimes, if you touch the life of a woman, you hit a multiplication figure, because that woman's life touches the lives of so many other people in her community, in her family, um, and the influence that she has. And so, you know, we will, we, we pray with you as you go forward to Kenya, uh, that God will use your life to, to give these girls what a true picture of success really looks like and how they're, they to have that relationship with the Lord and then to be able to f- watch God use and work in their lives to be able to really make an impact um, as their eyes are open to what's available for them so um I think it's um I think it's awesome um for us to be able to see that God is really doing that so Um, so Faith, what we like to do here, we're going to get to the end, I think. Allie, did we miss anything that we wanted to ask Faith before we get to the very end of the rapid fire questions?
2: No, I think finding out, finding out what she's passionate about with, um, with the women and the children, um, in Kenya, uh, and wherever she lands, she always wants to make a difference. I think that, um, I think that we, we got there and she, she definitely shared her heart with that. So I was excited just to hear, um hear about uh what's going on with faith to say
1: there we go well faith here's what we've we've Allie and i've decided we'd like to do at the end of all of our interviews is just ask a little series of just kind of rapid fire questions so these are easy easy ones that you can just uh the first thing that pops off your off the top of your head um but we're also going to save uh the last one that you don't have to answer as quickly All right, and uh, so you'll you'll see what we're talking about in a minute, but we're just going to ask, we're gonna kinda go go back and forth here and just ask you some, just kind of rapid fire questions. All right, so you ready, Faith? Okay, let's go. All right, so what book has impacted you? The
2: Hall in Augusto. All
1: right, very good.
2: Absolutely, Uh, what do you enjoy when you're, uh, when free time, hobbies, what is one of your things that you enjoy? Uh, writing,
0: surprisingly. I write a lot. I enjoy writing and you know, putting my thoughts on pen and paper.
2: All right. I need a class on that. Yeah. All
1: right. All right, Faith, here we go. Something that people often get wrong about you.
2: That I'm from Nigeria. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we won't make that mistake ever again.
1: All right. All right, uh, favorite movie.
2: Uh, Sarafina. All right. Okay, good. What's, what's the favorite thing to eat if you have your favorite meal, no matter what country you're in? What's your favorite rice. meal? Rice. Just, yes,
0: absolutely. There, the standard the rice. Dishes, I should say rice dishes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, you're crawling into bed at night and you've got a nightstand beside you. What's typically on that nightstand, Faith? Water. Okay. Water.
2: Um, I'm thinking about, you know, what your life, everyday life looks like. What is one thing that gives you joy in just an everyday moment of your life? Reading God's word
0: and meditating on God's word.
1: Cool. What are you deeply grateful for?
0: To be here and for salvation.
1: Mm. Good stuff. All right, now this is the one you can take. You can, uh, we're gonna take, we'll give you a little longer here for just a second. But this, our whole podcast is talking about being rooted deep. And we want the people who listen to our broadcast uh, as we do this to understand that there are ways in your life that you can truly be successful. And we talk about Psalm 1 and what it looks like to have a life that flourishes. And the key to that. The psalmist tells us is to be rooted deep in the right places, in the right soil, in the right places of our life. so faith for this, what keeps you deeply rooted? Can you tell us what are some secrets in your life that keep you keep you flourishing
0: you know it it, it happens that my favorite uh, verse is jeremiah twenty nine thirteen that says, "You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart so I find solace in the Word of God, and the more I seek Him, the more I get to know Him, and the more I desire to know more about Him, and the more I understand uh, what life with God looks like and how important it is to continuously feed your soul and to just God deeper than you would every day because he said you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart so I like to ask myself how am I seeking God am I just reading you know verse of the day and think that's enough or am I making an effort to really spend time in God's word and to be to borrow the podcast title to be deeply rooted in, in him
2: very good, uh, thank you so much for um, sharing. And even then, thank you for being such a good good sport on the rapid fire questions. I was going through them and I, I'm trying to figure out what I would say that quickly. Um, but I we do appreciate just hearing your heart today and you taking the time, but especially that last that last part about what keeps you rooted deep. And we do, we want people to understand that no matter what country, phase of life or struggle they're in, that's the one thing we all, we all need to understand that the word of God is the one thing that really can just kind of center us back to him, um, just take us back into the right direction. And um, so no matter where you are, whether it's the Dominican, the United States, or uh, Kenya, uh, we know that that's what's going to be on on your nightstand is a glass of water and and the word of God in your heart. And uh, so, thank you so much for sharing your heart today, um, listeners. We were with uh, we are here with uh, Faith to Say, finishing out our podcast interview, and we just want to thank you. Um, and we want if you want to connect with Kenya Connect um, go to KenyaConnect.org and find out more about how you can get involved maybe in sponsoring a child or um, just getting involved in understanding what their programs are and so we hope that you would do that
0: Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep To learn more about Dare for More Ministries go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at Mercy Jewelry dot org.